I do know that as like a little kid, I spent a ton of time in the library. Um, it was great. My parents have stories about me walking through bookstores, like little three-year-old me going, a book, a book, a book, just looking at all the books and thinking it was so cool. And um, yeah, I've pretty much been enjoying reading ever since. This is the 17th episode of Try Reading. Today, I welcome a special guest onto the podcast, Laura Chin, the third reader on Try Reading. Laura has been a good friend of mine since we were just in second grade, and we have always shared our undying love for books and reading in common. Over the years, we've learned about so many authors from each other and never stopped giving book recommendations. We would even write books together. Well, if you can call them books, you know, second graders and their books. Over the years, with moves and changes in schools, we lost touch, but we gained our friendship back and still love ranting about books and fictional characters to each other. And Laura is still my partner in crime when it comes to writing. I am so overjoyed to have her on the podcast, and you, the listeners, will love her. How are you, Laura? I'm pretty good. I'm very happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. We've You have known about the podcast for so long, and so now to have you on the podcast is so exciting. It's exciting for me, too. I'm so glad. Well, as you, of course, know, every time after the introduction, I ask the question, what is your current read? My current read is right here within arm's reach. Um, It's called A Brief History of Time. It's by Stephen Hawking. It's nonfiction, um, but I'm enjoying it immensely. Um, It's about like physics and a lot of questions about the universe, which I find fascinating. Um, So it's really great. Um, Aside from that, I just finished a book called Timekeeper, whose author name I'm sure will occur to me sometime later but it's quite good. It's sort of a fantasy sci-fi about a world where clock towers control time and what can go wrong if they break. So I enjoyed that a lot. That sounds so good. And I don't read a ton of nonfiction, but um, that's good to hear that it's enjoyable and it's exciting to I am currently reading You've Reached Sam, which I think a lot of people will have heard of, or I've talked about it on the podcast with previous guests, and everyone who has read it and who I've talked to, who I've heard from, has cried about it. And Aww. so I was nervous to read it because I've had it for so long and I didn't want to pick it up because I was, I like to cry with books. Like I don't mind books that make me cry, that I love emotionally devastating books. But yeah. I just was, <laughs> was so scared, but it's incredible. And it's just really, really, really amazing to see how the author handles grief and how he writes grief within the main character and um, of losing her you know, boyfriend who she's been with for so many years. And just, she finds this way to reconnect with him that seems magical and unimaginable. But it's, yeah, so it's really incredible. I'm almost finished. And I know the ending, like I've seen people talk about how like they were, it was hard to breathe the last few chapters. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm excited, but scared. And 
I always, if there is, I always have to give out a few shout outs for upcoming books or exciting book news. So the first would be Moonflower, which is a middle grade novel. And it is about discovering yourself and um, just getting to accept yourself and really um, sort of it, in a magical way and sort of, and the cover is very beautiful. And so that releases on September 6th. And one last shout out is Jen McKinley, who was on episode 12, has a New York Times bestselling series, the Cupcake Bakery Mystery Series. And there's tons of different cupcakes and desserts that are made throughout that series. And so she partnered with someone to make Jen's fairy tale cupcake cookbook. And it's all the recipes for cupcakes and desserts that are within her series. And that is also releasing on September 6th. So if you like cupcakes or you like to bake or you like her book series, that will be something that might be of interest. But other than that, what was your start to the world of books and reading? Well, um, I was born. Um, I mean, ever since I was a baby, my parents have been reading to me a lot and I've enjoyed it. And I started reading by myself, apparently at age two and a half. Wow. I cannot remember it, but I mean, it was like little like picture books and things like that. But rumor has it I could read. I have no memory of this, but um, I do know that as like a little kid, I spent a ton of time in the library. Um, it was great. My parents have stories about me walking through bookstores, like little three-year-old me going, a book, a book, a book, just looking at all the books and thinking it was so cool. And um, yeah, I've pretty much been enjoying reading ever since. Well, that is the perfect start to reading. And I love that story of three-year-old you walking through a bookstore. I can definitely see that. Was there a specific person or maybe author or just something that really kept your love for books going? Um, I mean, there was my mom, of course, who'd read to me as a baby. And when I got older and started picking out my own books, she'd take me to the library on like a weekly basis or whenever I needed it. She'd carry like all the books in this large bag because I was small and couldn't carry them by myself. Um, also, we had a very good library, which was definitely helpful in me discovering a lot of new series, whatever reading material I needed. And also like as I got older, my particularly book nerdy friends who'd always give me great book recommendations, which for sure helped me find some of my favorite. Yeah, well, libraries are the best place and especially just from our younger years you just felt like in a whole different world when you were in a I library know, it's great it's like I'm going to right. the library right I mean <laughs> I would tell old classmates from our second grade class and people who didn't love to read as much and they'd be like why are you so excited and yeah, I'd be like, like it's, no, the, library. it's the library right. why wouldn't you be excited we're going to the library right well in your opinion, and for basically what you've experienced in your lifetime, can books and reading form friendships? In a word, yes. Um, but if we're going into more detail, so imagine you're sitting around just reading a book in a public place. 
So some people are going to like walk by you and ignore you. It's like, oh, here's the kid reading a book. Um, they're reading in public. That's kind of weird. But then some people are going to be like, that looks like a cool book. Um, and they'll ask about it. And those people will usually end up becoming friends. And I think that books are great conversation starters, which can lead to friendships. And it's happened to me. So. Yeah, well, that was my next question, but um, and you sort of basically answered that, but has reading and books formed friendships for you in the past or in high school? Definitely. Well, first of all, there was my friendship with you. It has always been very book-centered. Um, I remember we'd talk about books a lot and it must have annoyed the other kids, not going to lie, but <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, and after you moved away, I made friends with um, one of your former neighbors and book friends. And the saddest part about that is that it took two of the three of us moving away into different states for us all to be friends at one time. But he did give me some great book recommendations, which I'll always be grateful for. Um, and third example, after I moved, the first friend I made was sort of like my guide, sort of the person assigned to show me around my new school. And the reason that the teacher had picked her to show me around was because she'd heard that I liked reading and that she liked reading as well. And the reason, like the way that we got over sort of the awkward meeting phase in our friendship was by comparing the books that we were currently carrying around at the time, like physically in our book bags, like our backpacks. And it was pretty great. And to this day, we exchange book recommendations and I have at least two books in my room that are hers. <laughs> well, who doesn't in a good reading friendship? And that's wonderful. And those experiences really highlight, you know, if both parties of this friendship or however many people are in this friendship love to read, it greatly helps that friendship in a way of sharing interests in a whole nother way. In the past, has it ever done the opposite or I mean I know there's people you can be friends with that don't like to read but is there any sort of experience maybe that's done an opposite effect of that I mean um for sure I have friends who aren't like readers but I've never like experienced like this separation or ending of a friendship due to the fact that I liked reading because sort of from the beginning I was always like the reader kid the nerd like from the very beginning so they could decide like right then and it usually wouldn't change later but um in my experience even if people aren't readers they'll like respect that it's it's fine i read you'd prefer like audiobooks or anything else it's fine um i my two close friends right now at school one of them loves reading the other doesn't like reading hard copies, but enjoys audiobooks. So we all share that for sure. But um, as for my friends who like are readers, like you know how that is. So oh yeah. We're always gonna be close about it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, our friendship was formed, A, because we were in second grade and we became friends, but also it greatly expanded because of our interest and love for books and it's kind of stayed that way ever since. 
So uh, I'm grateful for books for that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think books has all, have also just given me some really great experiences, including this and this podcast for and meeting sure. people. And for you, in, whether in high school, in middle school, in you know, your elementary years, have you ever had certain experiences, positive experiences with books or that have come from books? I mean, well, reading for one. Of course. Like getting to travel to the universes in the books for just a little and making new friends through the books and like being with the characters because I see them as sort of friends too. Oh yeah. Um, also something I'm thinking before, they gave me a source of entertainment during long drives because um, I don't really get car sick while reading in cars, which is something I've always been pleased about and thankful for. Um, and especially when I was younger and I didn't have like a phone or a way to listen to my own music, reading was what I'd do in the car. It was that or listen to my younger sister, which she's great, <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes it's nice to have something to do by yourself. I think for me that I can think of, you know, if I were to think of some incredible experiences from my younger years of reading, the Princeton Children's Book Festival really stood out to me. And for the listeners that don't know, in Princeton, New Jersey, every year there is a book festival with over 80 different authors and illustrators and whether for picture books or board books or chapter books or middle grade and even YA, it's where all these different authors get to come to this plaza and they get to have their books, their recent books sold and kids and adults and teenagers, whoever can go around and talk to the authors and get their books signed. And it was, I mean, some of the authors that I have had on this podcast, I have met through that book festival. And for you, in a, is there any way you'd like to describe it or talk about that festival? Um, well, I'd describe it as a very cool place where um, my 11-year-old self got to meet her favorite author at the time. And I now have a lot of different favorite authors and it's so hard to pick one, but this particular author, her books are really funny. And it's something I read with you. So they'll always be very special to me. And um, together, like over her book, we had a conversation about our cats of all things and which Hogwarts houses we thought her characters would be in. And finding out that I agreed with her was the best thing until I came back the next year and she recognized me. It's so cool to see like the authors behind the books because it's like the universes that you read, they're like inside their heads. They came from someone and you can talk to them about it. They'll know every detail. Right. Yeah, it's so crazy. And I think even, you know, because I got to talk to Chris Grabenstein on episode two and I met him at the Children's Book Festival and, you know, I grew up reading his books and so then getting to see him talk about how he created the books and how his mind works on the podcast, it's just, yeah, like you said, so cool to see, read their universe and then 
see the person who created it and how their mind works. Well, for you, have you, aside from the author you just mentioned, have you gotten to meet any other authors of yours, whether favorite authors or just authors in general? Well, um, aside from the one I just mentioned, um, there was another time at the Princeton Children's Book Festival that I thought of where I was just wandering around, meeting the authors, talking to them, and many of them, I hadn't read their books yet, but I was talking to a particular author and picked up a book because I thought it looked cool. We talked about it and it sounded really good. So I read it and it very quickly became one of my middle school favorites. So I met her and then it became a favorite. So wow, that was very fun. Um, aside from the Princeton Children's Book Festival, to be honest, I haven't met that many authors in sort of their author context. So, well, currently, now that you're reading a different genre and maybe different level of books than you were in middle school, are there any authors currently that you'd love to meet? Um, well, I can be pretty nervous when it comes to meeting new people, so I've never put serious thought into it. But if we're going to ignore that for right now and just focus on the authors, I'd say Neil Shusterman, Holly Black, and Gordon Corman. Well, those are all wonderful authors, yeah. Because like dystopian sci-fi, um, fantasy, and like comedy. Well, I hope that you get to meet them one day. And I know that for you, that would be a great experience. And yeah. it is always so fun to meet authors that you love their work. I haven't done too many sort of book-related games-ish, <laughs> if you want to call them games, on this podcast. The only one that I really officially did was on episode 14 with Caroline. And so I thought, well, we're delving into middle school books here. We're delving into the beginning years of your reading, reading and friendships, books that we loved why not sort of make a sort of game about it so we put together this list you gave me some titles I thought of some titles and authors and they're mostly books that we probably would have read in middle school or not long after and um, if we have read them we'll go down the list and you can share any thought ranting or just one sentence about it whatever you would like and um not to say that these are only for middle grade readers. I would read these again, obviously, all of these titles. But um, yeah, so we'll start with that. So if you read them, what did you think of them? So the first book is Wonder by R.J. Palacio. Of course. Yeah, I've read it. I think it's great. Um, I think I read it in about seventh grade. Um, favorite character, Charlotte. Um, for some reason, like I sort of pick up a book and then sort of my mind subconsciously picks like my character almost that I sort of obsess over or get very attached to for the rest of the book. And um, so when I'm thinking of a book, usually the first thing I go is favorite character and then say who it is. Charlotte is a great character and I do see 
the resemblance and the personalities <laughs> and I can see why you would like her as a character yeah that book was so good and um I don't there was never really a story like that with a main character just expressing you know all these main characters don't have to be they don't have to be like this picture perfect imagination that everyone has and yeah it's yeah so it was such a really incredible story and I let all the characters had their own I just I feel like the characters were very diverse in a way in and diverse in that they had very distinct personalities and you really did. got to see how each of them worked yeah yeah I liked seeing um the one story through all the different perspectives that I really enjoyed yeah well the second is Percy Jackson and the Olympians, which is sort of like the kickoff Percy Jackson series by Rick Raritan. And did you read those? Yeah, I never read those. Um, a lot of my friends did. I heard very mixed reactions. They were, I loved them. I think after then, you know, there was another series and then they all sort of connected in a way. At times I thought, you know, okay, if I kept reading them they might feel a little repetitive because it's you know the quest doing this this adventure we got to do this this and this but for middle grade books and for middle school it was like a whole new form of transportation and taking me somewhere like that I had never been but that was another great series next we I know you've read it because we talk about it a lot Mr. Lemoncello's Library by Chris Grabenstein uh, what of would you course. like to say about it? Yeah, um, that was one series that you recommended to me very early. Um, favorite character, Sierra. Um, and my distinct memory from that was coming to visit you actually right after you moved away and running through all my mat reading material very fast and buying the first one in a bookstore in the airport. And upon visiting you, realizing that I had in fact gone through all of my reading material and needing to buy the rest of the series from various bookstores and then needing to fit them in my suitcase on the way back. Um, but as for the series, I really enjoyed it. it it's funny, quite honestly. Um, and it's also got like the references. I love the references throughout yeah. the books. Even within each of the books, there's a puzzle that readers can solve. And I love those. Yeah. Well, the next is The Land of Stories by Chris Colfer. And I remember that from fifth grade exactly. I got from a classmate the first three. And the, I mean, they were so good. Um, yeah. Have you read them? And if so, what did you think? Yes. Um, I read the whole series. They are over there behind me. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed how it sort of brought together all the fairy tale worlds. Um, favorite character, that one's difficult because it's either Goldilocks or Alex, hard to say. Well, those are both amazing characters. Yeah. Well, next, drum roll for Pilfer Academy, my Learn Magazine. Of course. And yes, please just say everything. Yeah. Okay, um, that was kind of our book 
for a while. Um, I read it constantly. I thought it was the funniest thing ever because it's sort of like Harry Potter, but a school for thieves, criminals, which, I mean, think about it. What could go wrong? Right. Yeah, and it all does Right. in this book. <laughs> um, and like, you could do it in a completely serious way. And this just isn't it. And it's in the best way possible because like, if you've got a school for thieves, what more, what better could there be to guard the one telephone in the school than a flock of attack chickens? I mean, and a giant spaghetti vat. I mean, what could be better? And um, it's so funny because the whole thing is really funny, but it's also so meaningful in a way that I probably could not make work. Um, favorite character, Tabitha? Of course. <laughs> I would, yeah, I have to agree on that favorite character. I think I have to reread that book. And so do I. Just, uh, yeah, she's such a fun author and uh, her personality is so fun. But those were. It's so great. She, she was the one I was talking about earlier um, where I met her at Princeton and um, we talked about cats and we <laughs> We agreed 100% that George is a Hufflepuff and Tabitha is a Slytherin. Oh, yeah. Well, next is, and I'll maybe say these two side by side, and we don't have to go into both. I think I know what your preference is. These are two series, very popular. Um, But if you want to pick one to talk about, um, I think we'll both agree on the one we like a little bit better. But the first of the two is Spy School by Stuart Gibbs, and that's a wonderful series, and the Space Case series by Stuart Gibbs as well. Okay, so they're both very good, but personal favorite (laughs) is Space Case, of course. Um, Well, first of all, because it's space, and I really like space, Um, but it's essentially about a group of colonists on a moon base, and they bring their families and it's sort of from the perspective of one of the scientists children and um, it's a series of mysteries that happen on the moon base and I really like sort of how they've been laid out to be unique sort of to the fact that they're in space and sort of all the different elements favorite character Kira Um, and I just I honestly think it's my favorite of Stuart Gibbs series, though all are good. That one is my favorite. Yeah, there's something about it. And the fact that it doesn't take place on Earth (laughs) is so fun. And I wish it would have gone on for longer. I know. It's like he continued the other series, but this this is a trilogy and it could have gone. I mean, I see how it ended. He wrapped it up nicely, but Yeah. yeah prequels if I yeah if I had a place in a book or like I have a whole list of places that I'd want to go in books but the base that they live on on the moon that would be probably in the top five (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean judging by Dash's description it would be fun until you get there but (laughs) (laughs) it would be fun to hang out with all of them I'd do a day trip (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and I think my favorite character is Violet the again chaotic younger sibling yeah um yeah it's (laughs) very funny she's very funny and I love 
fun fact, I love how he named the two main characters or the main character and his younger sister after the author's children. So I know, I that's thought so that fun. was hilarious. Yeah. Well, next is Flora and Ulysses by Kate DiCamillo. And I love that book. And you recommended it to me. And yeah, um, I think it's great. The whole thing is so like, it's like meaningful. It's got comics in it. Um, and it's sort of a superpower book. I mean, who wouldn't want to read about a squirrel who gets vacuumed up and emerges with superpowers? Right. Um, <laughs> favorite character is probably William Spiver. Um, because he's funny and he has good quotes. Yeah, he is. He's the yeah. fun sidekick character. One of my favorite is the time he says normalcy is an illusion. <laughs> he brings much of the comedic relief. For sure. And yeah, I think my favorite would have to be Ulysses. Oh, yeah, I you gotta love him. He's like, right. I, I, I would like a donut, please. Right. Well, the last on this list is Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine. Yeah, I read that one, I think, when I was in fourth grade. And um, my memory of it is spotty, but I remember enjoying it a lot. And um, my favorite character was. Um, sadly, I cannot remember her name, but she's the one that Ella meets at like finishing school. Um, she was a fun character. And yeah, it was a, it was a really fun book. Um, and it took that spin on like a sort of, it wasn't really Cinderella, but like it did take yeah, that yeah. spin on it. And um, she did that really well. Yeah. Since you mentioned all of your favorite characters and we always love characters, do you have any characters in books that you've read, whether in middle school or in high school, that you would be friends with in real life? Um, well, I really like characters. I'd say they're one of my favorite parts you may have noticed of books. And I think about meeting them so much more than I think about reading author meeting authors. It's just kind <laughs> of strange, come to think of it. Um, but as I said, I sort of subconsciously pick my character sort of in every book that I read who I proceed to kind of obsess over for the remainder of the book. And um, the character I choose, I definitely would not always be friends with in real life, but the ones I know I'd be friends with, I've got a list. Um, Luna Lovegood, Scorpius Malfoy, Citra Terranova, Cassandra Lovett, Kira Howard, Olivia Pullman, Joe March, and Murphy Cooper, even though she's from a movie and not a book. Yes, <laughs> those are have, all wonderful. I have a list of ones that I'm not sure I'd be friends with. Um, it's Please, a short, yeah. abridged list. Um, Aurelius Dumbledore, Celia Young, Jylin and Seika, Tabitha Crawford, and Tori Pregel. The list goes on. <laughs> well, I think those are all wonderful characters. And it's really a bummer because they make these characters so enjoyable most of the time. And like, I know, it's like, I want to meet them. They're right. my friends. Right. And they are friends. We're all friends with them because we've yeah, read the books. And, but yeah. like, I want to introduce them to other people I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure you've wished, and we just talked about it, that fictional characters were real. But maybe is there like a fictional family that you'd love to be a part of? 
Um, I don't know because there are a lot of good fictional families, but to be honest, I feel like this is the obvious choice, but the Weasleys, because they just seem like so much fun. Yeah. And, um, or possibly the Pullmans from Wonder, or what could be fun is being like, you know, Newt and Tina from Fantastic Beasts. Yes. How they like eventually get married. They, like they're so such fun people. It'd be so fun. You could like hang out with the creatures and Newt's suitcase. And then of course you have Tina, who's just awesome in general. <laughs> well, if you could bring one, and I'm going to say one, because I know there's tons, but if you could bring one fictional character to life for the day, who might that be? Um, that is a ridiculously hard question, and it's almost unfair, um, because the list I mentioned earlier is like just a short list. There are so many more, and but um, probably I'd go with Luna Lovegood, because she's just great. Um, although I would seriously consider Teddy the Niffler from Fantastic Beasts, <laughs> although I'd need to block out my entire day just for chasing him. Although right. it would be so fun just to have a Niffler just to play with. Well, do you ever use fictional characters' minds from books that you've read to, do you ever adapt to those minds or like kind of take their, not take their personality, but maybe um, think in their mindset or maybe do something that that character might do? Definitely. It, it's like real life friends almost. You know how sometimes you're, in a place and you think like this friend would have loved this it's sort of like that with the characters too and um sometimes I'll sort of think like this character would have thought this about it like it's no different than with my real life friends I think yeah well I loved hearing about your fictional characters <laughs> and I think I would love to meet all of those and it's if there was one day a way to bring these people to life, yeah, I would, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what I would do. I, it would be so much fun, even though like the collection of characters that I'd choose to bring to life would result in A, a lot of destruction and right, B, they... <laughs> a lot of questions. <laughs> right. Well, we mentioned a bunch of middle grade books, and some of those have been turned into uh, book to screen adaptations and movies. And so I just have a short list of a few from the ones we mentioned. And whether you've seen them or not, um, I might have seen some, I might have not, or we might have heard about them. Um, I'll just name them and we'll see. Back but to the game. Exactly. Part two. And <laughs> if you have seen it, usually the book is better, but in <laughs> any chance that you have an argument that it's not feel free to share but the first is wonder and that movie came out maybe 2017 2018 around that time and um yeah so have you seen it i've read the book i've not watched the movie but since you recommended it to me a couple weeks ago i've wanted to it's i think they did it really well i think it's you know that's good for someone you know like Augie's character to use prosthetics to you know uh create a character that looks like what the book describes I think they did it as well as they could um and 
the acting, all the actors were incredible. And there's the teacher, Mr. Brown, he's uh, Lafayette from Hamilton. So I yeah. think that also holds a special place in my heart. We love Lafayette uh, from Hamilton. Exactly. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's just a good movie worth seeing. And there's, um, the author did a sort of sequel-ish type book where there were three short stories in the perspective yeah. of Augie's old best friend, uh, Charlotte and Julian. Yeah, I read those. I yeah. Read and Julian's story is actually being made into a movie because for those of the people that haven't read it or might not remember, it's a lot about his grandmother and her life, you know, back around the time of the Holocaust. And um, she teaches him a lot about compassion and kindness and caring for others because that's something he did not do in wonder. Um, and so that's being made into a movie and that's coming out this fall. So that's kind of exciting to yeah. see that continue. Although the actor is now a lot older. So we'll see how that looks, but it's exciting to see that. Um, another is Percy Jackson. There was the original movies and now they're creating the Disney Plus show. Um, did you, I know you haven't read the book, so you probably haven't seen the movies. Yeah, no. I haven't either, and I will never, because um, Rick Riordan didn't really get any say in the movies, and oh. I've, from what I've heard, from what I've read, they've all turned out terrible, um, so I don't think I will be, but I have hope for the new series that they're creating, because he and his wife are like the main brain on that show and the creation of it, so that's exciting. Yeah, it must um, be very cool for him to see it come to life. Yes. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I can only imagine. And another is Ella Enchanted, which was turned into a movie. It's meant to be funny. It's very different than the book. And so I think if I had watched it and not read the book, or if I had watched it before the book, but, is you it know. Like, it's good as its own story, but linked to the book, it doesn't really make sense? Is It, sort it of could like be like a not a bad comedy, but like just kind of like a funny comedy sort of with like yeah, that fairy tale I, aspect. I didn't feel like Ella Enchanted was a comedy. Oh. Right. The next, I know you have seen, and we have our feelings about it, so you can definitely share, but that is Flora and Ulysses. Right. Um, <laughs> I, in my opinion, I didn't feel that it was adapted to the screen very well. Um, that they changed a lot of it they changed a lot of the story they took out a lot of the elements in it it was still a story about a kid and the squirrel that was vacuumed up but um aside from that like how the squirrel ends up like fitting into her family dynamic that was changed completely they completely changed how it plays out um they changed a lot of the main elements in the middle, like the whole thing between Flora's mom and Ulysses, that was completely changed. Instead, they put in like the animal control guy who was not there in the books. Right. Like, what, was, what was he doing there? Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, yeah, but William Spiver was still funny. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. um, I think the actress for Flora or like, all the actors actually played their characters quite well. It's just the fact that the story was changed that sort of got to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think the last one on this list is Mr. Lemoncello's library. And it was similar in that way of like, they changed it a bit and took a lot out. And I think um, if they ever happened to do a remake or another one of Chris's books, um, I think it could have been done a little better, but at least we have the books and that is always <laughs> what's important. <laughs> uh, well, one last on the book to screen adaptation question. Are there any books? Because I know I have two specific from like my middle grade years, which would be Pilfer Academy and oh, yeah. the Space Case, at least the first one. Do you have any books that you would love to be made into book to screen adaptations? Well, um, when I was in middle school, I didn't watch that many movies, so it hadn't really occurred to me until recently, but I would have absolutely loved a Pilfer Academy movie. I'd heard um, Lauren Magaziner said something about the possibility that it could be, but that was like four years ago, and I checked her website yesterday. There's nothing about a movie, which is sad. Yeah. But, um, it would I'd love it. I'd go back and watch it. And um, I really hope that someday there's going to be like a movie that sticks to the books. Yeah. I think the best book to screen adaptation I've ever seen is Holes, which I know um, I really enjoyed the book. And the movie stuck almost exactly to the book. Wow. Like word well, that's for rare. word. The descriptions of the characters matched the descriptions of the actors almost perfectly. And the story played out in the same way. Like they skipped over some little stuff. And um, there was one thing where they changed a mister to a doctor. But um, I think those were the big things. For what it's worth, at least the book was made into a movie like they tried. Yeah. And I'm glad Holes was a good book to screen adaptation. So I will definitely yeah. have to check I watched out. it immediately after Flora and Ulysses. So <laughs> that was definitely good for my brain. Well, now sort of segueing into currently as a reader, how do you feel you've changed over the years since you were younger as a reader? Um, since I was younger, I mean, aside from moving to the young adult section, um, <laughs> not that much. I still read whenever I have spare time. Just the difference is now I have less of it between school and by other extracurriculars. Um, the other main thing that I did recently is, especially during the pandemic, is switching to ebooks. Where now I read a lot of ebooks, which was definitely helpful. I have a library app. So getting to borrow books when I couldn't go to the library was super helpful. Um, and it's also very helpful during traveling. I think um, the first sort of large set of ebooks I read was immediately after the trip where that I described earlier, where I went to see you and ended up buying all of Mr. Lemoncello's library. Well, that leads me sort of onto my next question, but over the years, mainly from 2020 and in quarantine and COVID, uh, I mean, over the years in general, but especially in that time where, you know, everybody's mental health, I think, went downward a bit because we couldn't see anyone, we couldn't do anything. And so what would you say in that time, books and reading brought to you? Um, it brought me, well, first off, entertainment, because 
quarantine got boring after a while. After day two, virtual school got very old very fast. Um, and sitting at home all day had sort of lost its appeal. Um, Indeed. So books definitely brought me entertainment during that time. And in a time when I couldn't see my real life friends, like going to sort of see my fictional friends, if you will, was definitely a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, there was that aspect of travel, even when you couldn't. Yeah. Well, if you were writing a love letter to books or a letter of thanks or whatever, something meaningful, what would be one major thing you would say? Well, the first thing I'd write would be thank you in all caps. <laughs> um, I'd also say that like the thing about friendships, they brought me a lot of friends in-person fictional and um, they put me in like there was always books for whatever mood I was in because when it comes to reading I will pick stuff up based on what mood I'm in and it like let me do that thank you for sharing that thank you in all caps <laughs> <laughs> and I know you've read volumes one through four of Heartstopper and as the listeners will know, as you know, I make it a point to talk to anyone who loves Heartstopper on this podcast. So if you would like to share anything, and I know you have not seen the show, but the books are, in my opinion, the show is amazing, but the books are always better, I think. And in any way you would like to say or anything you would like to say about Heartstopper, anything you would like to share, or if you just want to tell people to read it, what would you like okay. to say? Um <laughs> Well, when you recommended it to me, um, my first thought was, Gabriel likes it, let's give it a try. <laughs> and um, when I looked over it, it's not my usual genre, my like comfort genre, if you will. Um, I usually, when given a choice, will pick up fantasy or sci-fi. But when you recommended it, I investigated and I ended up really enjoying it because I also very much like graphic novels. Um, and I really like the detail in the characters and the art is fantastic, of course, and the story's great. Um, favorite character, Tori Spring. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where they go to the beach and she goes, I don't like the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. There's something about her that like everyone needs a Tori in their life. Uh -huh. And she does so much for Charlie as well. Yeah, it's really incredible to see. And I think, you know, because in the books, Charlie has a younger brother. In the show, he yeah. does. They don't really put him because oh, in no. volumes one and two, he doesn't have a big part. I don't know if they'll yeah. put him in the yeah, season. Yeah, Oliver two. just kind of occurs. Yeah. But I think to have an older sibling that can be there for you is super important. And especially for Charlie, who's gone through so much. Yeah. Um, so it's really wonderful to see. Well, thank you for sharing that on Heartstopper. If there was someone who was interested in reading or read when they were a lot younger, but stopped and haven't, they haven't read since, and they wanted to pick up books and get into reading, but they were hesitant whether it was due to, am I going to like it? Is it worth it? Or am I going to find other people that like to read? What would be 
your argument to win them over to the side of reading or what would you tell them to say you should you should do it okay so we're assuming this is someone that i already know so it can, it can be or it can't be whatever okay, you so would like. if it was um i'd sort of strategically wait until sort of the beginning of a break or something then what i would do is i'd go up to them and proceed to recommend a book that i knew sort of their thing that they would like, um, describe it a little, and then finally mention that I'd read it and like see, I think they would like it. And um, I feel like if they wanted to read, I feel like that sort of takes care of everything. It's like they've got someone to talk with about it. They've got something that others will feel that they will like. And um, they have time now, theoretically. Yeah, well, that goes for anyone. If you're listening and you maybe don't read as much and you'd like to read more, or if you happen to be listening and you don't really read, go read a book, go, yeah, go I feel travel. Like all you need is like a good recommendation. Well, this will conclude the 17th which is crazy, 17th, that's <laughs> yeah. crazy to think, but 17th episode of Try Reading. And thank you, Laura, so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Gabriel. It was great. Of course, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And it was so good to have another reader on after not getting to talk to another reader for a little while. Yeah, I've enjoyed it a little bit. I'm so glad. And I loved hearing more. I mean, I already know so much about your reading life, but I love hearing even more on, you know, your opinions on books and different things. Is, that was so fun for me. So I'm so glad that I was able to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Of course. As I always say, uh, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Try Reading. And if you enjoyed the episode or if you're enjoying the podcast, as always, you can rate the podcast, review it, give it a follow, subscribe, share the podcast with other people that helps people find this show and maybe they'll find their new favorite author or maybe they'll find a new reader that they agree with and interests and you know they love the same book that would be amazing but thank you everyone for listening as always episodes release every other friday and thank you again so much for joining me laura i had an absolute blast thank you for having me